0: Hello and welcome to the PhD Life Raft podcast. I'm Emma Brzezinski and today I am talking to the marvellous Kate Litterer. We're talking all about goals and goal setting and Kate talks about what she calls the slow productivity approach and the importance of checking in with your body and setting intention. And we also... Get on to discussing revolutionary plans. So, I do hope that you enjoy the episode. hello Kate
1: hi nice to talk to you
0: it is so lovely to talk to you Um, as I have just said I've been really looking forward to this chat we met as all the wonderful people do on Facebook and um, and um just I just love the work that you're doing and I am so grateful that you've said yes you'd come and talk a little bit more about it here so thank you for being here oh my pleasure I'm excited to be here um so we're going to talk a little bit um, in more detail about what you do in a minute. But first of all, I'm going to ask the question that I asked to everybody in terms of telling us a little bit more about your own journey through the PhD and then to where you are now.
1: Of course. So I have my PhD in rhetoric and composition. And before I got my PhD, I actually got my MFA in creative writing. I knew I wanted to do both of them, but I started with the MFA. And, um, that was at the university of Massachusetts Amherst in, um, the U S and I did the MFA and applied to my combined master's PhD at the same school, UMass Amherst. And so I was there for 10 years. Wow. It was great. I was pretty glad to be done when I finally finished, but so I did, um, rhetoric and composition and I, while I was there, I was teaching and, um, my dissertation i was working with archival research and doing feminist and queer methods and to be completely honest i probably should have been in a history program because yes. my my dissertation like many dissertations combined you know um it was interdisciplinary right yes, i really yes. wanted to be writing a biography which i can do now that i'm done but <laughs> So that was my story of, you know, 10 straight years of grad school in the MFA master's PhD. And um, while I was finishing my PhD, I was also, I knew I didn't want to go in the job market. I knew I wanted to start a business with coaching and writing. So uh, the last few years of my PhD, while I was finishing, I was also like writing my blog, you know, like had the long game of what can I do to prep for the business. So, um, but I didn't really share that very much. I hadn't, an excellent dissertation chair who was very supportive that I didn't want to go on the market, but it wasn't something I really like advertised in the the department or anything like that.
0: And so now that is indeed what you do. So you, you, um, you write, um, and you coach, and you were saying a lot of your coaching clients then are PhD students. Um, so you have real expertise in that area.
1: Yeah, thank you. Um, it is. It's true. Like I started, I'm a productivity coach and I approach that through the lens of slow living. I guess if there's a niche for me, it would be slow productivity. And um, so I, you know, when I first started, I was working with a lot of creatives, business owners, professors. And right now it, I'm working with many uh, dissertators who are near the end stages of their dissertations who often seek me out for coaching because they're like, oh my gosh, I'm so close, but I'm so overwhelmed. How can I just, you know, finish this and still stay grounded and not overwork, you know? So those are my, my people who I generally work with. Mm -hmm. I, I joke with my partner that I would be an excellent personal assistant (laughs) because I'm really good at helping people, you know, do like holding them accountable, I guess.
0: Wow. Okay. I love it. And I also love the term dissertators. That is gorgeous. Is there, Thank you. Are, are you. are you coining that term? Because I'm, I'm going to nick it. I love it. You,
1: please feel free to use it. I'm not sure if it's a real word, but it's it's what I use a lot.
0: I love it. Dissertators. So then, with your dissertators... Um, you work on lots of different things, I know. But today we decided what we're going to talk about is goal setting, because there is a whole lot of stuff out there about goals, setting goals, meeting goals. What does that mean? Um, it can be really anxiety provoking for people, actually. Um, so t- you have a different approach to this uh, than than lots of other people. And so tell us a little bit about how you approach goal setting.
1: Awesome. So when I think about goals, I generally think a goal should be actionable and a goal should be achievable. And I'll I'll talk about what I mean by that. But to backtrack a little bit, I think a lot of the times when people say I'm working on a goal, that it can be feel incredibly overwhelming. The goal is like I'm going to work on my dissertation, and I'm like, Mm -hmm. oh, like great, yeah, you definitely are, but to find success with that, it's shifting from just a goal mindset to like, what specific task am I working on? Mm. So thinking about that is where I get to like an actionable goal is one that we like break down into the very specific steps. And then we get to our tasks and even to the subtasks if you need to. So you're making it really actionable, a, a task you can check off. And then also thinking about an achievable goal. And this is where Each person has a set of personal resources they're bringing to each work session, not like in general, but each work session, you have a set amount of time, you have a level of energy, a level of focus, a level of, you know, physical comfort. So you should shift your, your goal or which task you're going to work on in your work session, depending on what feels actionable and achievable at the time. Mm -hmm. So that's, that's how I, I encourage people to think about goals where it's like, okay, it's not like this large project or this place you want to get to, that's your goal. But the thing you're specifically checking off your to-do list, that should be like an individual task or even like a subtask is like not, I'm going to revise my dissertation chapter, but I'm going to focus on this one analysis section. Does that make sense? Like really breaking it down?
0: Absolute sense. Because like you say, Actually, those kinds of goals in terms of like, I am going to sit and work on my thesis today, just becomes, like you say, completely overwhelming and actually paralyzing. Whereas what I love about what you're saying is that that specific thing is like, I'm sitting down to do this and look, now I can tick it off. Hooray for that. I get my dopamine hit. I can celebrate myself rather than working on the thesis where you can never sort of tick that off until right at the end. So I I, I just, this makes so much sense to me.
1: It can, I agree with you. It can feel so demoralizing to feel like I've worked so hard today. Why am I not making forward progress? And that's what I hear that phrase forward progress come up a lot in my coaching sessions. So I talk to my clients about like, okay, what does forward progress really even mean? You know, Mm. and like shifting our perceptions around that, I think can be very
0: empowering. Mm. Yes. Yes. Now you promised me that you were going to talk about your Goldilocks approach to productivity and i'm dying to hear about this <laughs> so um we've got a specific tasks we've got actionable and achievable tell me about goldilocks
1: Okay, so this sounds, it's funny, but um, in, in case anyone doesn't know Goldilocks, it's a fairy tale, Goldilocks and the Three Bears. A young girl visits a house where this family of bear live. bears live, and she tries out all of their things, and something's always too much, something's not enough, and then she finds this just right thing. Mm-hmm. So I came up with this while I was working on my dissertation because I was finding that I wasn't making forward progress. So one day I got out a post-it note and just identified, okay, I've got a you know three hours to work today. What is going to set me up where I'm not going to make progress? And I wrote that down. And then I said, okay, well, what's not going to give me any progress? Where am I just going to spin my wheels? And then I wrote that down. And having those two bookends allowed me to identify what would be an actual goal where I could make progress and feel good. So the Goldilocks approach is where you would, you know, first say, how much time do I have to work today? And how do I feel right now? Um, these are like the achievable, this mm. achievable goal approach. Mm. So you like, mm. think about that. Am I really focused? Um, and depending on how you feel, you can identify what would feel like way too much and you can identify what would really not move the needle. So. Maybe like just reading through your chapter is not going to move the needle and maybe saying you're going to reverse outline 40 pages is way too much. So once you do that, then you can look at the two things you've identified and find the middle place that feels pretty good to you. And I encourage people to look at that middle place that they've identified and check in with literally check in with your body to see how it feels. Because if it makes you feel overwhelmed or you feel hopeless, then that should be shifted to the too much. Hmm. That should be, you know, don't like give yourself some grace and say, okay, I'm going to do something a little bit less that fits with the level of focus, energy, even your mood at the time can really help you to identify the just right task for that specific work session.
0: Does that make sense? It makes absolute sense. And I love it so much. And what I love about it is the centrality of feeling and of your body and you as a human being, because I think it just goes against this in, in a really helpful way, this idea of you set yourself a goal and then you sit yourself down and you stand over yourself, however you feel, and you just keep going. Um And, if you can't achieve it, then you just shout at yourself. Whereas actually this makes so much more sense in terms of how do I feel? Is this possible for me to do? And if it isn't, then perhaps it's better to shift it to another day or another time and do what you can do because then you don't end up in the situation where you haven't done anything because you feel awful. Oh, I just, I love that so much. I'm so pleased. Yeah. And you will make progress that way. Like you say, you will make progress that way in a way that you won't just by pushing yourself on because pushing yourself on, as we all know, just then leads to a burnout.
1: Oh, totally. And like I often think for both for myself and for clients or other people I talk to, like if the task you've chosen for yourself feels like a punishment, like if it feels like something you're, you're going to avoid, an aversive task, you'll just procrastinate on, like, give yourself, you know, compassion and shift away from that to something that feels fun or feels enjoyable. Like for Mm -hmm. me, if I'm struggling, I know if I turn and I get to mind map and I get to draw things out, like it's always going to be a successful, fun, you know, encouraging session for me versus those stressful things. So that's a time when I encourage people, like it shouldn't feel like a punishment. It should feel like something where you're, you know, flexing your muscles you're you know doing something challenging but not something that you're like ugh i'm being forced to do this against my will i hate it <laughs> that makes sense too
0: makes absolute sense and I, and i love that kind of encouragement to check in with your body because you will you will know that some people might be going well how do i know if it is or not you will know that at the kind of gut level and you will have that feeling of either expansion into something and excitement or contraction and this is not for me and just yeah follow that because you you can't cheat it you you can't cheat it um or and you can push yourself but only for so long that it it's not sustainable and especially not over a PhD it isn't sustainable oh absolutely oh I I love this so Goldilocks is is the girl for this um (laughs) I love it I love it Um, so we've got, um, in terms of being uh, productive, we've got actionable, achievable, we've got Goldilocks, anything else to say about this, these goal setting and productivity?
1: Yeah. One thing too, that I'd love to say is thinking about goals versus intentions. I know like thinking of intentions might feel a little woo for some people. I'm very woo. So I love love the woo. Bring on the woo. Come on. Okay, So I encourage people to think about like, again, like the goal is the desired result you want to achieve. It's the end point of your labors. Um, It's the accomplishment you're going to make tangible for yourself. And then the intention is your vehicle to help you get there. So um, the intention that you set can help you make small daily choices that are going to get you to this cumulative, more significant goal. An example of this would be If your goal is to, let's say, like get a good participation grade in your class, then your intention that you set may be, I'm gonna read the course material, I'm gonna highlight sections from it, and I'm gonna come prepared to talk in class discussion. So the intention is like the repeated actions you do to help you achieve your goal. Or another one I I, uh, encourage people to think of, if your goal is to protect downtime or blank space in your day, Try to set an intention if people offer you an opportunity to say, oh, I have to check my calendar. I'm going to get back to you. And then you give yourself that space to really consider whether or not you want to take on that new opportunity or go to that party or I don't know, like whatever other opportunity that would take up your time and your labor and your energy and your focus. So those are two, two things, to two examples to think about how you can set an intention and remember that intention every day. You can even literally write it on a post-it and put it on your computer screen. I love the post-it method as a way to develop habits. Um, but that's that's another thing to think about to achieve your goals, set daily
0: intentions you can practice. I love that. And I'm writing down, check my calendar because I get too excited about things and say yes. <laughs> um, and yeah, pausing is really helpful, isn't it? Really, really helpful. So much good stuff in there, and I know Kate that you've written a book too around this area. So um, people could find out more information there. Presumably that you can, we'll put the links in the in the show notes to that.
1: Oh yeah, yeah. I recently um, published a book. It's called "Tend to It: A Holistic Guide to Intentional Productivity," and it's sort of like a guidebook meets workbook has 21 different exercises in it. So exercises are similar to this. For example, there's an exercise to walk you through doing the Goldilocks approach to productivity, things like that. And Sri, um, you know, I try in the book to think about like uh, productivity as a political thing as well. You know, when we push back against like a workaholic, cult- a culture where workaholism is encouraged or expected, which I think sometimes graduate school can encourage and expect workaholism from us where we even just doing the bare minimum does not get us things like awards or fellowships you know stuff so, oh, know. so sometimes I definitely...
0: workaholism I mean I think my my experience is it, it is endemic actually that yeah. it is endemic and I yes absolutely I and I I I, I really i agree with that in terms of this kind of it is it's a political statement mm. it's a radical statement to and we need to shift this culture we really really do so um absolutely with you on that yeah nice um so now I'm going to ask the unfair question <laughs> about um can you give us a, a top tip around productivity
1: I can I so my top tip this is the thing that has truly it's like my favorite productivity tool. So it's called the must do method. And it's something I learned from a book by Sarah Knight. And um, so the must do method for people who haven't heard of it, it's a way to approach a to-do list where you only schedule things for the actual day at which you must do them. So obviously like your appointments, your meetings you have to go to, but If you have a task that's not due until next week, do not put it on this week's to-do list. And the purpose of the must-do list is that you can check off your daily must-do tasks. And when you finish them, you're done for the day. You don't have to work ahead. So this blew my mind when I first learned about this and started practicing it because I wasn't facing a to-do list of 55 things. I was facing a oh, it's Thursday, I have five things. And once I finish them, I'm done. And I know that I've scheduled my week using the must-do method, so I'm not screwing myself over by forgetting to do something. So I the must-do method is my top tip for everyone to try out if they're interested in trying to schedule their day so that they can have an earlier end point and
0: they can not feel guilty about stopping work. Wow. This is making me feel, like I, I've never heard of that before. It's making me feel excited and petrified at the kind of same time, but I can see the energy there of absolutely like, you've got to do this now, but then like you say, and then it's done. How brilliant, brilliant is that? I'm definitely going to give that a go. Definitely. It's, a, it's awesome. I'm
1: experimenting right now with making my own like daily planner and I sh- separated out the must do list from the to-do list. Like got to finish those must do tasks the to-do tasks are like yeah we'll we'll try to get to them but shifting my thinking around this has been so it just really blew my mind to to say oh I don't have to finish this entire to-do list today I can just do the highest priority must get done today tasks
0: wow right well let us know how everybody let us know how you get on with that because I um yeah this is a this is this could be revolutionary right Larry, so there's so much here. There's so much here today that's potentially revolutionary. So let's go have the revolution, people. And I I mean I don't mean it flippantly. I actually mean let's change let's this is about changing culture and I'm truly excited about that. Um thank you so much, Kate, for all of that. Um we will as always as I say put your details in the show notes and the um extra information in there too. And you can also sign up for the newsletter where we also put extra bits in every every week for people extra information to sort of take this thinking further and you can do that via the website so thank you Kate for being here and thank you everyone for listening thanks so much this was wonderful